I don't know. I don't know how you feel, but the the, the goal is not the goal is not to put you in like a bad light at all, or like th- this is this is seriously all about yeah. just catching you and not making fun of me. Yeah. Exactly yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. and I don't know, I, and I, I just assumed that might have been in the back of your head. Yeah, I thought of that. But I no, I am not making fun of you. So the so the first thing, hey guys, this is my dad. Listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> so no, the first thing you recorded um, all this already. Aren't I you? I just started thirty oh, seconds thanks. ago. Oh, I just started thirty seconds ago. But there hasn't been there hasn't been an official introduction either. <sighs> and that's the first thing I'll do is just okay. introduce myself, introduce you. Okay. Um. So, um. Welcome. To the very first Mom Fears My Podcast. I am Michael Hahn, and with me is my father, Alan. Hello there. <laughs> and um, I guess so far off to a great start. Yeah, you're good. You're good. I'm a good host. So the whole purpose, the whole purpose of this podcast is because I wanted an excuse to come and hang out with you and talk to you. And I know I don't ever need an excuse for that, but this is this is something that I can now have uh, have a record of uh <laughs> It's perfect. Okay. Well, I want to give I want to give some background information on what Mom Fears My Music is. Okay. Um because with it's Mom Fears My Podcast and it features me and Dad and She'll be sorry. She, she will. So I guess it all started a long time ago when uh, I first started learning guitar and I first started writing songs. And when I finally sat down and recorded some of those songs down at the time, all of the bands that I liked had all of these sort of funny names for their ASCAP music industry names. And, uh, you know, there was uh, Better Than Your music and there was uh, In One Ear and Out Your Mother music. And there were all these. Oh, <laughs> yeah! It's the that was sort of one of the products of a lot of the grunge harsh. bands. That was harsh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so mine when I when I put it down, it just became "Mom Fears My Music," because at the time, and Mom has definitely gotten better now, but at the time, uh, Mom really didn't like some of the stuff that I was listening to. I mean, she wasn't really a big fan of of Nirvana and 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 grunge bands and things like that. But at one point, um, Nine Inch Nails and, and Marilyn Manson, like that kind of stuff really terrified her. But I always was sort of amused by it at the time. You know, I was an angstful teenager, as teenagers are. And it just, it just became, uh, it became a funny badge that I wore that Mom was afraid of my music. And even though Mom has never shown anything but respect and appreciation for the stuff that I've written and the stuff that I've produced... Um, to your face. To my <laughs> to my face, that you know, uh, it was never intended to be a, to be a dig on mom either. It was just one of those, uh, just something cool that I could that I could name my music. Um, yeah, what's her name? What's the what's the group that's always? It's, it's out of my head now for some reason. <sighs> one that you didn't like at all. Uh, yeah, Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. There we go. <laughs> Pearl Jam. I had a feel. Oh my. I had a feeling. Yeah. But that's that's perfect. That's a perfect example of of uh well, sort of of, of dad hates my music. But I want to talk about that no, too. Dad, but tell that's, me that's all right, music. I, I know, I know. And dad um that was a big turning point for me actually. Um 
when I was growing up, because I remember I wanted... It, it felt good to have conflict, but I had such a great childhood growing up. You guys cared so much about all of us and did everything you possibly could. But one day I came to you and and I said, or we were arguing about something that was completely unrelated. And I and I said something like, "You don't even like my music, or you've never liked my music." You know, I gave that just traditional standard angstful teenager. And do you remember your response to me? Do you remember this moment at all? Because it actually changed my life wow. as a teenager yeah it <laughs> i should did. remember that right <laughs> no because it might not have had the same effect for you all right well let me tell you to no, see if you no, remember no, i know sorry no, i don't that's okay right. so i said i said you've never liked my music and you looked at me and you said i don't hate your music it's not my music it's not what i want to listen to but i don't hate it i don't i don't and then you told me what pop-up said about the beatles oh yeah do you remember oh, that yeah. oh yeah sure what did I, don't, I don't know. I don't, not the exact words, no. Right. But basically, who are these Beatle people and why can't they sing? Right. And why can't they sing? Yeah. That was that was Pop-Up's point of view of one of the greatest, most yeah. popular, most prolific. And Pop-Up was... Pop, Pop and Grammy wouldn't let me watch Elvis Presley in 1956 on the Ed Sullivan show. So Because because it was racy? It was, because it, it was... was not their music. Right. They didn't actually have music. They weren't music people. But... They knew this wasn't it. Right. Whatever Elvis was doing was not their music. <laughs> so, and the Beatles followed right behind, you know, the Beatles right. followed right behind there. I had to listen in bed with a, with a transistor radio underneath my pillow to uh, WLS in Chicago way back in, oh, early 64. Yeah, before they came, before they came over. Right. You know, I had the transistor radio under my pillow and was listening to... She loves you at night after I went to bed from Chicago. Forehead eliminating haircut. Forehead eliminating? Really? Forehead eliminating <laughs> that haircut. Was, was that one of the... That was in the paper. That, that was in the that paper. Wasn't my, no, that wasn't pop-up. <laughs> that wasn't pop-up. That was in the paper. Yeah. But that's but that's brilliant. That's amazing. And that that's why that moment was actually a big turning point for me because... There have been several moments like that, but as far as music and whatever it was that I was trying to accomplish by separating myself from you, that it that wasn't the point. The point wasn't whether or not Dad likes your music. And and quite honestly, I had a lot of friends in high school whose parents did like their music, who did like Nirvana and did like Soundgarden, and I never got along with any of them because it was a little weird. It was a little weird and some of them were creepy. But... But that that made such an impact on me, uh, I, whether it was a teenage ego or it was just an elitist thing about music, that you you didn't it wasn't your music, so you didn't care enough to hate it. It wasn't something, it wasn't it wasn't anything that needed to be at odds between us, yeah. and and it made a, a real big difference and a big impact. But and and it, the other thing that was funny was that you gave me. Your guitar, the Don Electro, the Dan Electro, to start working on music because I came. Uh, I was fourteen, or it might have been thirteen, because I think it was the I think it was the summer before ninth grade. So the summer before ninth grade, and that's when I came to you and I wanted to learn how to play the guitar. And you pulled out your old Dan Electro, which I still have, which is still one of my favorite. You better possessions. still have it. You better still. Have <laughs> I absolutely it. do still have it. And um, and you showed me a couple of chords and how to tune the guitar and what the names of the strings were. And, and I could always come to you when I had a question, but after that, 
it just sort of launched me into a world of finding tablature music to learn how to play and learning how to play stuff by ear and and I have been playing guitar ever since and it was a it has been a big part of my musical identity. Six months after I started playing the guitar, I started writing songs. And that was the very first cassette that I recorded, which was also recorded on your equipment, equipment that you had, the tape deck and the stereo receiver. And I had a microphone, one of your public address microphones, a pair of them, one plugged into left, pointed at the guitar, and one plugged into right. Oh, yeah, I remember that. No, I do the, remember that. Pointed yeah. at my mouth because... That's the only way the cassette deck would record was left and right left microphones. And right, yeah. So the demo tape that I wound up making had the guitar all on one side and the voice all on the other. And that was another big aspect of of sort of discovering that I wanted to learn how to do that better. <laughs> one of the reasons why I wanted to become a recording engineer. And Bec- a little backstory on that. And my God, the older I get, the more I have backstories. But that guitar was a Christmas present to me from my mother and father who didn't like music necessarily. They didn't uh-huh. hate music, but they knew that I wanted to do something like that, probably because of people like Gene Autry, Roy Rogers, people most people, uh, performers now most people don't even remember, never even heard of, probably. Right. But we walked to the trolley in Springfield. This was before 1957, so I was probably six, seven, eight and carried a guitar into 69th Street Station in Philadelphia, and I took music lessons, guitar lessons, from a guy in 69th Street Station. There was a, there was <laughs> studios, in the, and you could hear the trains going by in the back, and you could hear, I mean, there was stuff like Lady of Spain. Right. It was, uh, wow, stuff I can't even remember now. There was no Beatles. There was no Elvis. There was no, uh, obviously, no Beatles. But that's that's where that guitar came from. That's why I seriously hope we'll never get rid of it and pass it on to Willet, your Ab- son. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I never... I uh, plug it in every once in a while just to play with it and, and make sure that everything's still working. And a few years ago, uh, you know, I took it to get the jack replaced on it. And the guy who worked on it, who replaced the jack for it, said to me, Listen, if you are ever going to sell this guitar, don't. But if you're ever going to sell it... Here's my card, and me. you call right. me. Sell it to me. So I am, I'm, I am thrilled to still have that guitar, and I absolutely will never get rid of it. I have sold one guitar in my life because I needed money, and I have regretted it every day since the day, in fact, I called that guy back four days after I sold it and asked him if I could buy it back, and he had already gotten rid of it. So I, I regret that every single day. So I absolutely will never get rid of the Dan Electro. And, but yeah, that I mean, that made me like today i am a i'm a sound designer i'm an audio engineer i am a composer and um love writing my own songs i love recording other bands i love promoting other bands and it's it all started with with wanting to learn how to play guitar like Kurt Cobain, which turned out wasn't all that hard. <laughs> but it, but it, a lot of it wasn't hard. A lot of it wasn't a lot hard. Of it wasn't hard. No. But it led me down. It led me down that path. And the other thing that had a profound. Now this is one. I have always been. I've always been singing. I've always loved music. So I always had. Yeah, that, I wanted to mention something about that. <laughs> that I should stop. Yeah. <laughs> but I've always uh, one of the biggest audio engineer inspirations came from you too you used to be oh still are uh, a disc jockey for parties and weddings 
And when I was, definitely when I was 12, and possibly a little earlier, but I know 12 and 13, I was helping you out a lot because getting $20 at the end of the night was a big deal. <laughs> and I used to come help you set up your DJ equipment, speakers, and the and the, the mixer, and the turntables, and the tape decks, and the CD players, and uh, hump all of that stuff to the car, and from the car, and to the place, and back to the car, and, and usually spend the entire night mixing with you and ultimately wind up messing something up when you gave me control of the mixer to swap songs but that we all mess up (laughs) it's true mess up but that that experience of of even just setting that stuff up and plugging cables in and turning on the cd to test the sound and make sure that it was right and that was so much fun for me and so out of what i thought the ordinary world could be. Now, I never I never thought that it was something that I could do full-time as a job. Yeah, every kid wasn't doing that with her father, for sure. Yeah, exactly. But. Uh, but that made me feel good to be able to do that. And it turned me on to this world that was not just all you can do with music is be a rock star or a music teacher. And that was actually one of the things that I got in high school from my guidance counselor. He <laughs> told me... That when I told it, when he asked me, what is it that you want to do? I just said, well, I love music. I don't know. And the two options that he gave me was like, you could be a music teacher or, you know, you could work in a music store. And that was the extent. Like, I didn't even realize that I could go to school in high school. I didn't realize I could go to school to be an audio engineer. And it's and part of it is because there are a lot of high schools today that actually have their own TV studio for the school and they have classes about if anything it's just technology classes that introduce you to lights and sound and digital production and things like that because it's a bigger part of the world but i it didn't even occur to me until i was out of high school and recording music with a friend for the first time who told me yeah well this is what i went to college for but it boggled my mind that that could have been his focus so a lot of that is due to Loving music and learning well, how to play See, guitar. everybody thinks they can be a rock star, too. But for everybody that actually gets to be a rock star, there's how many countless hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people that never get inside the door. Right. And another way to get inside the door is to be a sound engineer and know the technical side of it. And that's when, that's the people that are working in music. One of every one million kids that wants to play guitar becomes a rock star. Maybe right. less. Yeah. But not all, a lot of people that go to school for what you went to school for do end up being sound engineers. You know, everybody, same way everybody that plays baseball doesn't go on to be a major league baseball player, a pro football player, one of a million. And that's where we are, you know. You're a sound engineer and a good one. Oh, thank you. No. (laughs) Come by and honestly enough. No, no, you Yeah, so uh, basically what I'm trying to say is you've made a, a huge impact on me, on, on everything that I've done. And if you don't believe me, I could tr- probably go in one of these trunks here. We're actually recording this in your house, in my parents' house, in the upstairs. I guess it's like a attic space, storage room. Loft. Uh, loft. Loft. <laughs> loft sounds better. It's a loft, yes. So one of these trunks in here <coughs> has a whole bunch of my um, papers, I'm sure, from school somewhere and one of them is uh is an eighth grade paper that i wrote for mrs cedarberg who as a side note 
was also your English teacher yeah. in school. That's, oh yeah, that's, that's true. how old Mrs. Cedarberg was. And um, I wrote. We were we were supposed to write a paper. This was eighth grade English, and uh, it was about a hero, an idol, somebody you looked up to. And I wrote my paper about you, and I called it "The King and I." And it was. I've probably never wow. told you that, right? Wow. I, and yeah. I never, I never bothered to show it to you. Because when I grew up, you were this epic thing that I, you know, I, I love everything about you. And I just wanted, I wanted to be like you as much as possible. Have you been talking to my doctor? Do you know something I don't know? No. No, okay. Just, just check it. Just check it. No, these are just okay. things that, these are just things that I never. God. <laughs> I've never really told you and I've but there there are things that I think about a lot and things that are sort of important to me that you know um I don't even know where to go from that I don't either (laughs) I'm all choked up here but that's but I I basically you just have a you had a huge impact on my childhood obviously as fathers do but even beyond that because the whole point the whole reason why I wanted to start this podcast was first of all mom said that you and I should have our own radio show, which so far is probably not a good idea. No. But um, that made me laugh and think, yeah, well... Television, television. Television show would be better. That made me think that, well, okay, well, maybe we could do a podcast sometime. And then I realized that it would give me an opportunity to talk to you about all these things because I, I think now every day I'm a father of two and there's always something that happens in my life that I think... What was going through Dad's mind when he was in my position? What what did what did he learn? What did he regret? What did he think of this? You know, if any of those things, because I've always been fascinated with sort of the history of family. I've come I've come to you a couple of times trying to find out information about the history of the Han family, and there's very little of it that we can really like go into depth about. And you know, when I talk. To my wife, she has all of these things where, well, I know, you know, this which boat we came over on and all this sort of stuff. And, like, there's none of that, which is which is fine, but I've always been looking for all of those little tidbits. Well, there's a, there's a lot of your family that was, a lot of my side of the family, at least, that was older. My father now would have been 104 years old had he lived. Right. My grandmother spoke broken English, better at German. And I never met my one grandfather. And it was just, uh, he took off one day. He took off, never came back. Oh, now really? to the post office, yeah. Went for a pack of cigarettes or something and never saw him again. No. Yeah. I have never yeah. heard that. Oh, really? No. Oh, there's one for you too then. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the yeah. other beautiful thing. There's all these things that we've probably never told each yeah, other. Yeah, he walked out. My father was 17. Oh, my God. And he got in a car and drove up for a paper. And kept driving, I guess. And we've looked for him. Well, he would have been three hundred by now. No, he wouldn't have been three hundred. <laughs> that was that was your that pop-up? was that was that was my dad's father. Yeah, that's now. such a cool. I mean, it's not cool, but it's it, it, it was, was an it interesting. Was, it was cool. Tidbit. We drove across country one time. Uh, 60, 61 or two. We drove across the country in three weeks, and everywhere we stopped, we looked for the name Han and. Just never saw it. Just never had. No, I don't know. Right. Ancestry.com. I don't know. Maybe somebody else knew where he went. But yeah. But uh, 
maybe one day I'll pay for them. They they he charge just, a really yeah I know they do I know I'm not I'm not that interested. I would never have met him anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> and as an only child, you had no, I had no, I had no uh, brothers and sisters around. So it finally got real small there. As a matter of fact, I was in the line. My father's brother had no sons. My father had two sisters that had children. Okay. But the name Han wasn't there, you know. Right. So I was the last of the Hans until you and your brother, Alan. That's so, that's crazy. Yeah. You single-handedly. Yep. <laughs> restored the name yeah, because then, I have two boys. And you have two boys, so I can, and well, Alan has two boys. Alan has two boys. Yeah, so it'll be something to talk about in another five hundred years. <laughs> As of right now, I can't tell you much about my family. Awesome. Well, see, even more important that you're the starting keystone for the legacy of Han podcasts that will come down the line. Well, which brings me to um, this segment in the show. Dad fears my trivia. Oh God. Here we go. <laughs> It is known far and wide in the Han household, as far and wide as the Han household gets, which we've just figured out yeah, is me and Alan yeah, and Elena. And Elena. <laughs> um, that you are a master at Trivial Pursuit. In <sighs> fact, you and Mom as a team are nigh unstoppable. So, <laughs> so what I want to do every month, every time we do a podcast, I'm going to pick 10 trivia questions to ask you. And uh, most of them, some of these were pulled directly from Trivial Pursuit cards. And others are some of my trivia questions that could be added in. Is this a surprise? Yeah, this is. No, this is a surprise. This is a surprise. Yeah. Every month, uh, one lucky listener, this is is what you'll play for. A lucky listener will get uh, a prize. And the more, (laughs) no, you, you don't have to flash them. Uh, the more questions you get right, the better the item that I will pull from my home and mail to them will be, right? And since we don't have any listeners yet, um, I, I will take an item from my home and throw it in the trash. That will be the prize for this week. So, Dad fears my trivia. Are you ready? Oh, okay. I'll try. All right. That's the spirit. So, question number one. What alloy do copper and tin form? Bronze. Excellent. Correct. Um, question number two. Who is the sun god of Egypt? Ra. Correct. Hoorah. No, not hoorah. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Yes. Um, question number three. What is the common name for the passivation process in which steel is protected from rust by an oxidizing chemical reaction or selenium dioxide, or an alkali salt solution where flakes of iron form magnetite. What? (laughs) That's not a trivial pursuit. Chrome plating? No, that is not correct. That's not correct. The answer is bluing. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) That one was supposed to be a gimme. Oh, that was a gimme, okay. All right. I didn't think you knew anything about bluing. I don't. I had to look it up on Wikipedia, but I thought it would be a good question because you used to be a gunsmith. Well, you you are a gunsmith. Well, next time, time, say, uh, lye and sodium nitrate. Is that what it is? That's what it is. Well, then why did they say... uh, Because they're not gunsmiths. Oh. Well, then I think you got that one right. That's from 1946. That's American Rifleman. I forget. I forget. I still have the magazine somewhere, but it was a it was a 
it was some kind of clinic they did as to who had the best bluing solution for putting the blue back on guns. And that's what it turned out to be was lye, sodium nitrate, and water, of course. Well, maybe maybe that's not what they use anymore. Well, it probably isn't. It probably isn't. I mean, that was 70 that, years ago. That sounds terribly caustic. That was 70. Well, you didn't want to put your finger in it, for sure. <laughs> that was 70 years ago, so it could be anything by now. Right. Well then, um, then that's not really fair, and that wasn't a gimme. So I will, I'll give you, I'll give you the point back okay. for um, for correcting the question. <laughs> Number four, what is a juggalo? No clue. <laughs> I have no clue. A juggalo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give give me your your best educated guess. No, no, it's a family <laughs> broadcast. <laughs> I can't give you. A- can't give you my best guess. Uh, a juggalo would be a, uh, I don't know, a little brown jug, little uh, 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 a jug you blew on to make music. <laughs> that's you know that's a good guess. A juggalo is the name given to fans of the shock rap group uh, Insane Clown Posse. They're known oh, as my favorite. <laughs> They're known Why didn't I know that? Elvis Presley, The Beatles, Insane Clown Posse. And of course, Pearl Jam. <laughs> I we need to go back to Pearl Jam because oh I oh my god, no. I want to know your opinion on Pearl Jam, <laughs> and so should the world. Okay, number five, number five, the Beatles hold the record for having the top five singles on the Billboard 100 at one time. One, two, three, four, and five. They held True. all at the same time during True. the week of April fourth, nineteen sixty-four. Name at least three of those five songs. Name all five if you can. Oh, I want to hold your hand. Right? Um, Love Me Do. No. No. No, no, not Love Me Do. It was, a, it was one that was... Oh, that's that's harsh. That's harsh. April that's 4th, pretty... 1964 I... was the week. I know. <laughs> um, Saw her standing there. No? no? Uh-uh. Wow. This one came from the Billboard yeah, Billboard yeah. trivia chart. Yeah, I know it was five. You yeah. had uh you have I wanna hold your hand. Wow. What a start. <laughs> that one's right. Oh wait a minute. <laughs> now go ahead. I am I'm I'm, okay. I'm at a wall. It was I I'm wanna hold wall. your hand. Right. Or actually we'll go in order from number one to number five. Can't buy me love. That's right. Twist and shout. She loves you. I wanna hold your hand and please please me. Okay. Number six. Zucker Abram Zucker's 1980 movie, Airplane, is mostly a parody of what 1957 movie? 57 movie? Mm-hmm. It is, it is, they have been very open about it being a parody of this. In fact, some of the lines in Airplane that are so funny were actually in this movie. I didn't know this one. Well, see, I always figured it was a, it was a, it was a parody of the airport series, or the... Yeah, airport. It was several of them there. Most of them were really bad. Mm-hmm. Airplane was bad in a good way. Right. But uh, well, that, that probably was. But they've they've said that it is mostly a parody of one movie from 1957. No, I never even heard that. It's called Zero Hour. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna have to get together. Zero and, points there. And watch it. That's it. Yeah, I, zero. No, that's a, no. I never heard that. All right, number seven. What nationality was Marco Polo? 
Marco Polo. Who cares? <laughs> is my answer. That's correct. Who cares? Yeah, that is correct. See? Uh, Marco this, Polo. This was, this was another direct no, from Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, that, that probably was right. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. A Tibetan or something he was. I don't know what he was. <laughs> what was Italian. Italian. Tibetan is wrong. Number eight. Who is the best Batman? That's the... <laughs> I can never think of his name. I can never think of his name. The guy, the guy that says, guy was American Psycho. Who's American Psycho? Oh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale's the best. Christian Bale's the best Batman. I will, I will accept Christian Bale. Yes, I also would have accepted Michael Keaton or Adam, Adam West. West. Yeah. <laughs> but nobody else. Nobody else. Uh, all right, number nine. Almost done. Okay. Who was the first non-human to win an Oscar? Lassie. No, but good what? guess. I didn't even think of. I didn't even think of Lassie. Wait a minute. Cartoon. Cartoons are non-human. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I do. I don't know. Go ahead. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Never I, liked Mickey Mouse. No. No. I mean, never who cared. does? Donald Duck was my man. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Yes, it was Linda Paul in 1941. Was apparently the Mickey Mouse won an Oscar, which I can't imagine made anyone else who was nominated in that category very happy. <laughs> All right, number 10. What is twerking? Disgusting. <laughs> when I do it, it's disgusting that's, when I do it. <laughs> that's correct. Yes, that is correct. I'll give you a point for that one. Yes. Out there in radio land, you can't see this, but this is twerking right here. <laughs> very, that's very there, well I'm done. done. Okay. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> uh, and that wraps up our, our first um, Dad Fears My Trivia Oh, good grief Which reminds me um, you know, it's, We call this Mom Fears My Podcast And Mom is not here um, And I told you this before That uh, I definitely want To have Mom on Sometime to talk I'm just not ready to give her a platform to yeah, say yeah. whatever she wants <laughs> right now. I need a little more practice. No, because she, she could be one of our guests one time. Yes, time. exactly. I, would, I need a little more practice and a little more a little more uh, confidence and a little more... Um, quaaludes. <laughs> a little more quaaludes. <laughs> yes. All of those things will make it much easier. Um, as far as Pearl Jam... <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> you know, they are still... Uh, releasing records have a huge following. Oh, I know they do. Okay, I know they do. They're not in. Uh, they're not really in the limelight of 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 all the music. But the Pearl Jam fans are die hard, and and there are some that just like will follow them everywhere. They release all sorts of live albums from their shows, and there are people who own them all. I I actually own a couple, but they they were just it was just their music was too dark. It was. Yeah, death and destruction, and oh my God, oh the humanity, oh God. it was just, I was, I felt like hitting myself over the head, but uh, no, no, not not for me, no. not for me. No, you know what's what's actually. I'll listen to Millie Vanilli, but not, but not Pearl Jam. <laughs> not right. Pearl, no. And it should clarify that the Pearl Jam CDs that you do own were because you are still a DJ, and sure, sometimes sure, they get sure. requested. And, 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 and I do. It wasn't like you bought them just to torture yourself. No, I every once in a while I do an institution that needs <laughs> Pearl Jam music. 
Well, um, it, it's it's actually kind of funny. Eddie Vedder was probably the person that at least at least in high school when I first started writing my own songs, he was the person that I most modeled my rock star voice off of was Eddie Vedder. Oh golly, I'm looking at my at my the most notes that I have written down for this podcast uh, are the ten trivia questions. Yeah, thanks. And <laughs> you're welcome. And yes, every once in a while, there's going to have to be a, a juggalo question or, or something like that. That something. What that, was the juggalo again? <laughs> they usually wear makeup. They usually wear clown makeup. The fans do. It's like a it's like a sea of sad clowns out in the audience. <laughs> go to see the shows sort of like rocky horror picture show but not as good but not as Uh, good yes yes exactly well i don't know i think i think we can call that the first bob fears my podcast because i uh i got a chance to talk to you about all the things that i wanted to talk about really all of them well (laughs) yeah so this will probably be the only one okay (laughs) no all right all the ships at sea thank you Of all the all the things that I wanted to talk about this time, um, but yeah, I look I look forward to to doing this again next month, and uh, I'll I'll bring up I'll bring some more topics. To okay, discuss. yeah, I'll look forward to this, and I'll go through my trivia books and not pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find something weird. Juggalos. Huh? Juggalos. Yeah. Well, thanks, Dad. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean it. That was perfect. That was perfect.